This is the Love and Sex Unfiltered Podcast. Hosted by licensed marriage and family therapist and certified Gottman Method couples therapist, Sonia Jensen. Let's dive into the unfiltered side of what it takes to create communication, intimacy, and chemistry, not just in relationships with a partner, but the relationship you have with you. Here's your host, Sonia Jensen. Well, welcome to another session of the Love and Sex Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Jensen. And I'm your co-host, Ophelia Kinnersley. How have you been? I have been so good because I just got back from a vacation. I'm so excited. Do you want to tell everybody where you went? I went to Tampa. What'd you do? I went to a conference for entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, which was amazing. But today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Isaiah McKimmy. And yeah, Asaya McKinley. Asaya. I was wondering if I was going to say it wrong. Asaya McKinley. And she is with us from Australia. But we found each other on Instagram. And she is a fantastic couples therapist and sexologist. And so I want to have you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me on, both of you. It's such a pleasure to be talking to you. My name is Asaya. So I'm a couples therapist and sexologist here in Australia. I essentially help couples have more harmonious relationships and more playful sex together. I help women feel confident about their bodies and also create more harmonious relationships. So tell us how you got into this field, because it sounds like you took a huge kind of turn from what your starting career was at the beginning of your adult life. Tell us a little bit about that. I intended when I first went into university, I intended to do environmental policy. I thought that was how I could make a huge difference in the world. But after three years of doing that, it just wasn't lighting me up the way I expected it to. Around the same time, I had discovered kind of by accident Tantra yoga. For anyone who hasn't heard of Tantra, it's kind of like the sexy kind of yoga. It's best known, I think, because Sting does yoga, Tantra, and he kind of has said that he can have sex for nine hours. Now, there is so much more to Tantra than that, but it certainly can give us really practical tools for helping us enjoy sex more and also have deeper intimacy with a partner. And for me, discovering this, it was amazing. I felt more confident about my body. I felt more comfortable with intimacy. For the first time in my life, I felt like I had permission to really enjoy sex, that I didn't have to hold myself back or feel guilty about it. And I was able to have better relationships as a result. I realized that this is how I could make a difference to people's lives by changing the way that they engage in sex and intimacy. I then wanted to learn the best tools and advice possible to be able to to help people with that. So that's when I went on. I went back to university. I studied to become a therapist. I then studied sexology. And then I then studied to become a sex therapist. And I've done a whole lot of different things along the way. So this has been a 15-year journey now, it still just lights me up to be able to help people with this area of their lives. Well, I have to know, I've really been interested in Tantra. I work predominantly with couples in high conflict relationships where obviously intimacy, you can't even start with sex. You have to talk about the issues that are eroding the intimacy in their lives. But I think Tantra is such a fantastic form of building intimacy, trust in your own body. 
the ability to be very vulnerable in a highly emotionally intense moment. And I would love to hear your thoughts more on how a couple can One, I want to take from your viewpoint of seeing that sex is bad, right? Because a lot of women that I work with see their bodies as not the way they want it to be. They point out their flaws um, quite a bit. They don't want to be vulnerable. They want their clothes on. They're not feeling very sexual. So the thought, one, of Tantra is very scary. (laughs) Um, And two, how do I even get to this place where I start to see myself as somebody who is deserving of pleasure and sex. So what are your thoughts on that? And what has your work been like when it comes to helping women get to that place of of redefining what pleasure and sexuality is for them? Such a great question. And I'm so, oh, it's like, oh, wow, there's so much to share around this. First, Sonia, I think you make a really, really great point that for couples who are in conflict, working on having more enjoyable sex, more playful sex, more fun sex, just isn't going to be their first step. So when I'm working with couples around this, there's always three areas that we look at. Firstly, we look at their connection, making sure their relationship is strong, that they've got a good friendship, that they're spending time with each other, that they still like each other, that they're still respectful to each other. And then we look at communication, making sure they're able to effectively share what's going on for them, what's going on for them emotionally, what they want and what they need to talk about difficult issues effectively without it taking them further apart. Because we need to have really great communication skills to have really great sexual skills. So if we can't talk about other issues, it's often going to be really difficult to talk about sex. So once we've built more connection and communication, then we can start to look at the sexual intimacy component of things. And and this is for me where it gets really exciting and fun and kind of juicy because that can then come back and enhance a couple's connection and communication and just add so much to a relationship. But as you said, there's often so much that can get in the way of that as well. As women, we haven't been socialized that it's okay to really enjoy ourselves sexually. There is so much judgment that women face around our bodies, which can get in the way. Our bodies change so much throughout our lives and our relationships, particularly for women who are having children. And often we just haven't learned the way our bodies function and what they need so that we can really enjoy ourselves. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, you start with the communication, but then you almost have to break it down to the individual. How do you feel about your body? What are the narratives you have taken in as your story of what you're supposed to look like, how you're supposed to feel? And honestly, I think a lot of women struggle with the cultural expectations of what we are allowed to want when it comes to pleasure. But then also I hear a lot of women and you tell me if this is true for you say, well, sex is more about my husband getting off. Mm -hmm. It's more about like, he's annoying me. He wants it more than I do. I don't really, but I feel like I have to. And so I kind of just lay there and it's not for me. Do you hear that too? Oh, a hundred percent all the time. For so many women all through their lives, sex has been about how they please someone else. Because we're judged if we enjoy sex too much or have sex too much. You know, we have all of these kind of labels thrown at us. So, you know, I, so many words, like even from children that get kind of thrown around in the playground, at least here in Australia. And I'm sure it's the same for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also just hasn't been safe for us as women to really say, 
this is what I enjoy. This is what I want. Give me more of this. It is so often about pleasing a partner and keeping them happy. And that for me is so sad because we miss out on something that can be so pleasurable and so nourishing for us as well. Absolutely. And I think if something is for always for someone else, think about our lives in general, our work, our families, everything is about giving to somebody else. So how can you give to somebody else when you don't have anything for yourself? Right. And it's just, and then you wait, make sex the last thing of the day that you do. Right. And it's like, God, I don't have any more to give. Right. Like that. (laughs) That's the last thing you want to do after you worked all day. Then you came home and cooked. Then you have to take them to a baseball game. Then you're trying to relax. And then it's, oh, God, you're here too. So <laughs> oh, shit, you, you want to touch me now? I, I'm mm, untouched. That's why we got married. So we didn't have to do that anymore. You know, I think it's interesting. One, as we're in our generation and our time, we're trying to, to teach women. One, just slow down and think about you as a person. And how you go through life and how you make decisions daily. Are you thinking about your personal well-being and your thoughts on what brings pleasure to you? Are you communicating with your partner what your needs are? And if not, why? Do you even know what you need? So there's a lot of personal work. But at the same time, there's a lot of women and they're like, well, how do I talk to my daughters now about sex? I don't even know if I'm a sexual person. I don't know how to change this. I know that what I learned was wrong. I know that like in my 30s and my 40s and 50s, I met a client that had her first orgasm in her 60s and she'd been married since she was 20. Wow. I'm learning that it's okay for me to experience an orgasm and to have pleasure, but I don't even know where to begin to talk to my daughters. What do you think about that? What's your experience or your advice on that? Oh, this is so similar to so many women that I've worked with as well. And I love that story that you shared about a woman having her first orgasm in her 60s because I work with so many women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who end up having the best sex of their lives after doing some work on this. So I think it really just goes to show that it's possible. I think it starts with our mindset shift around realizing that there's something valuable for us in this as well. And one, having it be a priority for us and for the relationship, not just another thing that we have to do and take off, but actually something that has benefit for us, that pleasure has benefit for us. And I absolutely agree with you, Sonia, that sometimes for women, that's actually looking at their entire lives and looking at how do they create more space for themselves? How do they start to tune in to their own needs and wants? And that then translates to the bedroom as well. But we've got, I think, get used to being able to check in with ourselves and prioritizing ourselves. So are you both seeing that women are now starting to allow themselves to make time for themselves, like give themselves permission? Because a lot of women, you know, you've been waiting your whole life for somebody to give you permission to do something. So we're supposed to be submissive in all things. Our mothers were listening to our fathers and our fathers are head of the households. Well, now we have women like you who are head of your households and you own your own businesses. So you're seeing women who are allowing themselves to do that things. If they're not going to allow themselves to be open, to listen, to learn, to take the time, are you guys seeing that in your business that women are allowing themselves to make these changes for themselves? I'll let you answer that first. 
I still think it's so hard for women. I think I'm seeing women realize that they need to and realize that there's a benefit to it, but feel still feel so guilty about doing it. And I oftentimes, I would say the same thing. I think we're seeing that the mindsets are shifting, but the follow through on it is not happening just yet. And I often tell people, you have to rework what guilty means, right? Because we all feel guilty and that guilty feeling isn't going to necessarily go away. I like to think of it as if I'm feeling guilty, I see that as myself progressing and moving forward in an area for myself that I need to develop in. And if if you redefine what that guilty feeling actually determines for you, I think you'll allow yourself to grow. But I don't think women have definitely caught up with that. Or if they're doing it, it's very sporadic. But I will hear, and you tell me if this is true for you, that a lot of male partners are like, do it. What do you need? Tell me what you want. And I'm like, why did you think I knew what I wanted? <laughs> How am I supposed to know what I want? I just, I, I didn't have time to think about right. it. What are your thoughts on that? And how do you help women with saying, okay, I've got a, I've got a supportive partner. I know that it's okay. Even though I feel guilty, I can push through it, but I just can't figure out what I need and how to get there. And I like, I've got to figure it all out right now and just go and act it. But I don't even know what step one is. 100%. And this is so true for life and in the bedroom, like both of those. So often I hear women's partners saying, go take care of yourself, go and get your nails done, do something nice. Let me know what I can do. And women kind of struggle to, to feel like they can do that. And also in the bedroom, women's partners will say, I really want to please her. I really want to see her enjoy herself. I want to know what she wants. And again, women are like, oh God, I don't know. No one's ever asked me that. Where do I even start to find out? So one is we often don't know how to say it, how to put into words, touch me like this. This is what I want. Here's what I need right now. But also we haven't taken the time to check in with ourselves. And for me, learning what we want comes back to us being in our own bodies. This mm. isn't something that we can figure out with the in the mind. It's not another to-do list that we can check off. This is about us really being able to come back and feel what's going on in our bodies and what's going on emotionally and connect with that. And that takes some practice. There's Would just no other way around it. say that women who are masturbating would probably be more connected to their partner because they've gotten to know at least some of the inner workings of their body in hopes that they can then voice it to their partner. What do you think? Yeah, I do. And I think that that can be a really useful place to start. I know that that's often that comes with its own shame and guilt for women, but it is such a good way. If we can work out what feels good in our own body by ourselves without having to worry about pleasing someone else, without having to worry about performing for someone else or enjoying ourselves for someone else, we can work out what genuinely and authentically feels good for us. And then we can let a partner know what that is so that they can give that to us as well. Because I think genuinely, our partners so often want to know, really, how can I please this person? How can I help her feel good about herself and her pleasure? I think ladies have to remember that this is your body. It's not somebody else's body and it's not for another person. Now, if you want to share that and you want to give that, that's your consent, right? But there's nothing dirty about your body. There's nothing shameful about your body. It's 
beautiful in its design pleasure. I mean, you'll probably agree with me on this. The clitoris is only there for pleasure. That's its only (laughs) use. So if we're sitting here and we're saying, well, religion tells me I can't experience pleasure, or I've been told I can't experience pleasure, but I believe my body was designed and created by God, right? Well, then you have to look at the purpose of each body part. Mm -hmm. And if the clitoris is only there for pleasurable purposes, then why the hell aren't you playing with it? (laughs) (laughs) We need a flick the bean podcast later on this month, ladies and gentlemen. You didn't know what you were getting into. Stay tuned. We just lost her. She, she left. So (laughs) I think women so need to hear this. We really need to have permission to enjoy our bodies, uh, to experience pleasure. Yes. And one, I mean, your body parts, specifically your breasts, your vagina, all those things are, are are going to work and feel different after you've had children, as you've aged, as your hormones change. And so what worked for you, you know, at 20 is not going to work for you at 30. See, I didn't know that. I thought like, you just puddle all along, you know, you're 21, kiss the back of my neck. That's great. I'm 25, 30, 35. I'm 43. I was like, it's not working. (laughs) I found some new spots. And I felt bad that I had to say like, I love you so much. Here's a cup of tea because my husband's British. And then we like sing God save the queen. And then we say all of these amazing things about England. And I'm like, next time you're around this neck area, go a little lower, just go all the way to the nipple. You know, just don't start to start at the nipple. Just stay there. <laughs> just start somewhere else. Start somewhere else. But I mean, it was a big step for me because I'm like, am I stepping on his toes? Am I making him feel insecure? But I'm like, this is something I really like. So if you just start in these areas that I'm pointing to right here with my fingers, this will be great. So thank you, Sonia. You helped me say that to my You're husband. Welcome. And hopefully I'm still married to him after this podcast. Okay. Thank you. I mean, women change what we want day to day. I don't know how our partners are expected to, to keep up with that unless we tell them. And of course, things change over time as well. I think that's such a good point, Ophelia. And I want to kind of touch on that because I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see kind of couples get into is skipping over foreplay and not spending enough time in foreplay because they just want to get to the main event or the real thing or they're busy. So let's just get to it. But foreplay is so important for women. That's what increases our chance of reaching orgasm. It increases our pleasure. It decreases the chance that we'll feel pain during sex. So we need to spend at least 15 to 20 minutes in foreplay. And I know so few couples that when they first come into my office are actually spending that amount of time on it. So ladies, you have my permission to go away and tell your husbands that I said you need 45 minutes of foreplay. You choose any any number that feels good for you and I'll back you up on that if your husband ever gets 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. (laughs) Well, I mean, one of the oldest tricks in the sex therapy book is like pull penetration off the table. Mm. You know, just focus on finding other with your mouth, with your fingers, explore each other's bodies and you cannot penetrate each other. But the goal is it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then they always come to my office and be like, Sonia, we didn't follow it to a T. And I'm like, you won. You did it. But the focus was to be in the moment and learn how your body responds and in what way and in what places and take penetration. 
Penetration is not sex. Right. Feeling pleasure in a moment in your body, either with yourself or with your partner is sex. Exactly. And there's a lot of ways to have very pleasurable sex that does not include penetration. And it shouldn't be painful. If you are having painful sex, there is an issue. Yes. And there are all types of things that you can do to help that as well. And although I love to help women have orgasms and amazing orgasms, when I say help them, I mean like give them tools to take away in their own life to do that. But also sex doesn't have to end in an orgasm for either of you for it to be really amazing and enjoyable. I, For me, I think when we put that focus on pleasure, just what do I want in this moment? What's going to feel good for me? Then we can't go wrong because it doesn't actually matter where it ends up as long as we're giving ourselves what we want in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing that people need to recognize that sex is not about getting to an orgasm. It's about being in a moment with yourself or with your partner where it's not about getting to any to-dos, but it's about really being in touch with your body fully inside it. But there's a lot of women that have never learned to be fully inside their bodies. And that takes some mindfulness tools, right? That you're not going to automatically one day be like, I'm going to be mindful and in my body during sex. It's going to be amazing. You got to start with maybe carving out five minutes, two times a week, where you just ask yourself, how am I feeling in this moment? Mm -hmm. What is in my body? Like take a body scan, start from your head, go all the way to your toes. Like, do I notice any pressure? Do I notice any tension? Do I notice any stored emotion anywhere? Where is that coming from? And really start to be present with yourself, not just in a sexual way, but in an emotional way. And that is going to build on itself. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes we don't take a minute. I'll say most of them will be like, what am I? How are you feeling? Like overwhelmed. Well, overwhelmed is the result of feeling too many emotions at the same time. Or our all time favorite. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Ophelia knows that if I say I'm fine, like it's really bad. It's code red people code. Don't look her in the eye. People run, people run. (laughs) So this is not a drill. But, and you can probably back this up as well, is that just labeling an emotion reduces its intensity by, I believe, 40%, which I read in a study out of Susan Johnson's work, who is the developer of emotionally focused therapy. Her research showcases that just labeling those emotions will help you feel them in a less intense way and help you manage them a little bit better. So if we're never checking in, we're chronically feeling tired and overwhelmed. I'm never going to want to have to find pleasure for myself because the only pleasure I think about is Netflix in my bed with my tea and my candy. And my Bridgerton. <laughs> Don't go there, Sonia. I mean, that's pretty pleasurable, I have to say. <laughs> well, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, she's seen Bridgerton too. We can talk about it. I mean, as much as you would like. Season two, y'all, is coming out. (laughs) I want to add to that, actually, because one of the exercises that I love having women do is to actually explore their own body just for pleasure, not to turn themselves on, not to get any kind of result, but just to give themselves five or ten minutes, put on some nice music, maybe use some oil, and just explore their entire body. Notice how they like to be touched, where's more sensitive than than somewhere else. And also to notice if there are emotions or thoughts that come up as they're doing that, because that's often where we start to see those kind of seeds of, I shouldn't be doing this, I shouldn't be allowing myself to do this. But it's such a great way to learn about our bodies. And then there's an exercise that I have couples do, 
but they essentially do that together as well. Mm-hmm. So again, no goal, not, no point of being turned on, just exploring all of each other's bodies and really taking their time to do that. I love that exercise. And I, I think it's a fantastic one to go to. I think at the same time, it brings up a different point that when you are anxious about getting to orgasm or your partner saying, oh, you didn't orgasm or, oh, am I not good enough? And like, you're, that's like orgasm shaming. You're mm-hmm. orgasm shaming yourself and your partner, whether they know it or not, is orgasm shaming you. And when you put more pressure on something, your body goes into what we call the fight, flight or freeze. Right. And so it's only operating off this narrative of I've got to survive this situation. The first thing your system's going to do is shut down your <laughs> your pleasure control systems. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you add anxiety or pressure to something, you're literally just making sure it doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> Which is such a another reason that women need to take some time for themselves during the day or at least make some time to transition from wife doa manager of a household to woman and lover at night because so often we're already starting in that fight, flight or freeze kind of place because all of the stress of the day has built up. So women kind of wonder, why can't I just get turned on? Why isn't this working? It's often not working because you're already in a state of stress. Your body is not wanting to go into rest, digest, and and reproduce. It's saying, I've got to be on here. I think for women, taking that time to make a transition, having a shower, making a cup of tea, and sitting down and having a conversation with their partner, unloading, sharing some of the things that have happened during the day so that the body can go into a calmer state and then actually has a chance to be turned on can be so useful. Absolutely. Well, what are some tips and maybe we could kind of close the podcast up on this. What tips would you give a partner who's watching their chronically stressed out partner and who doesn't feel sexual, who doesn't want to have an orgasm, who can't have an orgasm, won't slow down? What can these partners do to support their partner who's really struggling in the area of wanting to be sexual or feeling sexual? Such a good question. I think do more to begin with. Don't just ask, how can I help? What can I do? What do you need? But to actually take on that responsibility and the initiative to share the load and share the burden yourself, to support your partner, to take time out, to encourage that. Also to just listen, not to try to fix anything, not to try to kind of manipulate the situation, but just to be there to really, really listen, to hear the other person's stress, concerns, shame, fear. And as you said, Sonia, that's going to help reduce the impact of of that emotion. They're, They're my two tips for a partner. I also think there's something really valuable about couples kind of setting a date night every week, like a bedroom date night where they just know that's their time to go to bed early, they can get everything organized so that they set that up and treat it as something really special, like a a kind of ritual where they get to be together because it can be another way of taking out that stress of, but I still have so much to do. I love that idea, bedroom date every week. But I also want to encourage women that if you're not having sex or you're never feeling sexual, and then you see this one date night a week of like you having to be sexual, I want you to think about It doesn't have to start with sex. It can be about just getting in the habit of being with your partner, connecting, talking, 
touching, I mean, just holding hands, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to jump from I we never have sex or we have sex once a month to now every week we have to have sex. You have to work into it. Having good quality conversation, touching each other, taking a shower or a bath with one another, snuggling up while you're watching a movie and really just being intentional about putting the relationship first. That over time is going to have a huge impact and it's progress. You don't have to hit the finish line every week or in a week. You need to think of it as, like we say, you don't want to just do constant diets, right? Right. Because you're going to get short-term results, but not long-term results. Mm -hmm. So you have to think of this as a lifestyle change overall. Like I am creating room for intimacy and connection with myself and my partner, and I'm doing it in these ways every day or every week. And I have faith and believe that over time, my body will start to respond in the way that I want it to. But we often don't trust our bodies and we feel the pressure. And again, if you put pressure on something, you're only going to burn yourself out and cause more problems. So don't put that pressure on yourself, but do see these steps as progress, but you're not trying to reach the end right away. 100% I couldn't agree more. See your relationship as a whole that we often look at, I just want to fix sex or make it better. Because again, that's often what a partner often wants, but to look at what else do I need in this relationship? How do I give to this relationship? How do I make it a priority? And how do I make myself a priority? So I also have more to genuinely give to those around me. Oh, I love it. It's been so fun connecting with you from across the world. And so can you please tell all of our listeners how they can get in touch with you. I know you have a fantastic Instagram with lots of great information coming through on there. I believe you have a podcast and a blog. Um, So give us all your deets. Okay, I do. So you can find me on Instagram as asiamckimmy.sexologist. It's I-S-I-A-H for anyone who wants to spell my first name. You can also find my website, asaya-mckimmy.com. Even though I'm here in Australia, I do have a podcast. I do offer Zoom sessions internationally. And I have some free kind of goodies that I give away on my website as well. She has fabulous things on her website and Instagram. And I promise you, we will tag all of the information that she just gave you. So if you're not sure how to spell her name or pronounce her name, just like I butchered it in the beginning, I assure you, we will have all the correct information for you when we post this on Instagram. Well, it was thank you a- so much for having me, ladies. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you. Please stay tuned for our episode. Our episodes air every Monday. If you liked this, enjoy this, share it, give it a starred review, follow us on any of your platforms that you're watching this on, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. There you have it. If this episode hit home for you, take a second to share it with a friend, screenshot it and share it on Instagram or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to learn more tips and stay connected with Sonia, follow her on Instagram at the Sonia Jensen. And if you want to find more information, you can check out her website at www.sonyajensen.com. Until next time, remember, stay real, stay unfiltered and dig deep.